This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hey, everybody, this is Chase from Barrel Age Flicks. Go ahead and check out our Patreon for raw, uncut footage and early access to all of our episodes. The link is in the description, and it's only $5 a month. Thanks for listening. Joining us for another episode of Small Batch. Today we'll be discussing The Last Blockbuster, the new documentary that's on Netflix all about the rise and fall of video stores, especially Blockbuster. Um, today you got myself, Stu, and my good buddy, Ron. How you doing, Ron? Hey, doing pretty good. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed this documentary. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of documentaries, and this one was uh, very entertaining. I enjoyed it. I did too. It brought back a lot of memories. It was a time machine. It transported, and then also... I learned a lot of things about how video scores became the way they were. Video scores? Did I say scores? Yes, you did. Okay. Video scores. Tongue tie? You're going to try to hit me with a punishment shot? I'm not going to hit you a punishment shot. I just thought that was kind of funny. Did I say punishment shot? No, I did not. Okay. (laughs) All right, go ahead, man. And uh, how they became such a dominant juggernaut of, of our lives. And then to see them just completely crash and burn and the reason that blockbuster came down it was not at all what i know not what i thought and i know i was shocked by not what you thought either. no i i was not expecting that because i you know everybody knows now i, I will get it like i said we'll get into it in the uh, episode but it, i'm sure a lot of people think that blockbuster and all the video rental stores went down because of a certain reason and i'm sure everybody's guessing oh i know what it is streaming media well mm. well you'll, you'll find out here soon yes um, so, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to do our wonderful drink that we always do. Uh, Ron, go ahead and grab, grab those two cans that are in the fridge right there. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> oh I made sure to go God. out of my way to make sure Ron had oh. no idea about this. I've had this before. <laughs> <laughs> way back to, oh. oh. Yep. So explain why we're doing this. Okay. So we are going to be partaking of Steel Reserve malt liquor. Um, The reason for this is I know when I was really big into the video store time, I I may or may not have been underage at the time, um, may or may not worked at a convenience store and had access to whatever I can get my hands on. Oh, yeah. And being of that young age, you were getting your hands on whatever was cheapest and whatever would mess you up. Oh, yeah. And Steel Reserve has, what is it, 8.1% alcohol, if I remember correctly. Slow brewed, exceptionally smooth flavor. The the can looks like it actually looks pretty good, but trust me, people. Yes. It's horrible. (laughs) So let's go ahead and pop these tops. I love that sound. I couldn't find any of the 40s. They, oh. they don't make them in the glass bottles anymore, the 40s. Uh, and they don't even make 40s. I remember real. getting the 40s, dude. Yeah. I remember I used to have somebody buy them for me. They don't make <laughs> they don't make 40s for sale reserve anymore. They make 44 ounces plastic bottles. Plastic? Yes. Beer in a plastic? Yeah. Well, like, well it's a, yeah, if you go to uh, uh, sporting events like that, they don't serve you glass uh, bottles. They're, they're all plastic bottles. I know, but yeah. it just doesn't sound good. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. All right. Or, Prost. Stu, cheers. <laughs> yeah. This, mm. Ooh. 
That takes you back. Yeah, it does. That takes you back. I remember. <clears throat> I remember. Um, I remember a couple of bottles of these at a party I went to a long time ago. The forties. Yes. Oh, memories. <laughs> the memories. So we we got to give a review. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, what would you get for what it was at the time? Being young, dating, doing what you can to get to that drunk state. These are perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. is. Um, but if you have any other real choice of alcohol, probably go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember ice house and uh, or uh, no natural ice. Oh god, there was there was a whole bunch of different ice ones. house. I almost picked up ice houses, but then I saw the steel reserve. I'm like, I'm gonna go with the steel reserve. I remember. I remember <laughs> there was even a homemade screwdriver that I used to get. I yep. used to get it at a Seven Eleven all the time. Yep. I used to have this. I used to go up to a guy who was so underage and ask, "Hey, can you please uh, go pick this bottle up for me?" Um, oh, I got farm, a, uh, wild Irish rose. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I, yeah, th- this, this is definitely uh, a memory booster right here. I'll take a uh, picture of the, uh, the can and post it on Instagram so you can see what we're talking about. But yeah, it's, it's a nice tall boy. It's, it's all right. So if steel I, reserve was introduced like 94 or 96, if I remember correctly, um, I'll, I'll give it a, uh, you know what, just because of nostalgia, even though it tastes like bullshit, it's like, well, horrible but it does its job i would give this probably one thumb up i'll give it one thumb up you know okay. just it, 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 now if i was reviewing it now and never had it before yes. it, it would be a come fucking two thumbs down <laughs> but the fact that this is nostalgic i gotta give it one thumb up it, it, it's something that we grew up on exactly so, so was that was that a good pick for this was this? a good pick yeah this was probably i want to say the hardest thing to try to pair an alcohol with of Anything we've done, either on the main show or on the small batch, I would. I think. know for a documentary, I was thinking, what can we do? But then when you came up with the idea of doing something that we drank when we were young and into move, you know, going to the video um, rental stores and stuff like that, that was a great idea. Yeah. And, and then we, I remember me and you were just popping some beers in our head, like um, Red Dog beer and uh, you know yep. Ice House and all the old stuff. So, oh, e. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, man, good pick, good yeah. pick. All right. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the film. The movie's directed by Taylor Morden. Um, I've never heard of him before. Uh, he probably has done other documentaries. I'll have to do some more research on him. But other than that, I thought the documentary pre- presented pretty well. There was a couple um, couple of issues I had with the documentary. I know it's just kind of a technical thing. Some of the sound is a little bad on some of the interviews where you can hardly hear them. But, you know, that's just me just being a snob and listening to that. But other than that, it basically goes down the whole history of blockbuster and how not like, just blockbuster the all the video rentals of yeah. video rental stores which, as a whole mom and pop stores which actually i'm more used to than blockbuster mm-hmm. believe it or not because me living in a town where there's a place called video world and family video and going into those rental stores and trust me there's a lot of videos i used to, i used to tell my mom hey please rent this video please rent this video over and over again and it, it's a lot of nostalgic memories about that and um I even know some friends that worked at the video store that I used to go in there and just hang out and talk with them in there. Yes, and it totally captured the feel, this whole this documentary, yes. of talking to people who, who worked in video stores, uh, going over that stuff. And then it, I didn't know that the video rental business actually ended up going to the Supreme Court. The, the, the movie houses were yeah. so against this entire idea 
that they tried to sue and shut them down. Well, I did not know it went all the way to the Supreme Court. The thing is, I remember reading about this, but I didn't know also that movies were sold for a hundred dollars a copy. That. I do. I I do remember some of that, but then when I thought of that, I said, "God damn, you know that that's mm-hmm. just crazy." How and much that was a hundred dollars back then? Yeah, I know that's but, a lot of money. And plus, even the things about the rental stores, you can also rent. The, uh, the the VCR, VCR which yep. is crazy. So the game systems, you remember? Oh yeah, no, yeah. dude, you can rent the games. There was a gaming rental store. I remember Family Vi- no uh, Video World having that, where you can rent mm-hmm. the video games. And I also remember uh, what, what was the uh, what was the videos that weren't VHS? It was the smaller ones, betas. The, the betas. I remember they had a little beta section in, in Video World. Yes, just like you are, you're a beta. Uh, oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this is the bad beer, it, it is relieving memories. I'm exactly. And the more you drink it, the easier it is to drink. It's like drinking water with shit. I don't know. It's 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 um. Oh man, the taste. <laughs> oh, not. Anyways, go back to what you're saying, bud. Um, I still remember that you know the especially in the smaller stores, the 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 back room area, the adult section. Oh yeah, and so like that. Did family video have that? I don't think Family Video did, but I think Video World did. I think. Yeah, because I remember in the uh, documentary, they all everybody was talking about how there's like this back room where there's like the beads yes. and everything coming down, and you know you, you go back there. That's where all the you know the the spicy stuff is at. Which porn? It's what helped VHS when this is a little side story. Yeah. Um. So porn has been the the helpful denominator of deciding what format was going to become the, the, the format because new formats, when they're introduced, there's competitors that are similar. You had VHS, you had Betamax, you had, um, well, the porn industry got really big with VHS because originally it was just film inside. It was uh, yes. film inside theaters and everything else. And when by the porn industry deciding to go with VHS, yeah. Uh, that gave a huge built in market, uh, that Betamax did not have. Right. And, People were willing to spend the money on the porn, and <laughs> so it it took a huge market share uh, away from Betamax. Uh, just like uh, what was it, HD DVDs and um, Blu-ray, Blu-ray, porn decided black back Blu-ray, yeah, and not HD DVD. And I was one of those idiots that picked HD DVD, thinking that was going to win, and uh, it didn't win the war. Yep. The Blu-ray won, and now I I have a shitload of Blu-rays and. Now I don't have a shitload of Blu-rays because I, everything's gone to streaming and digital. everything's all digital library, which makes things convenient. But, yes. you know, some people still like having that hard copy. But another thing is people nowadays in our ages, 30 to 40, love to have VHS copies still, you know, because it's nostalgic. And then we show our kids that, said, this is what we used to watch movies on. And kids are like, what the hell is that? Like at the end of the documentary when they're opening and closing the case. Yeah. Couldn't you just feel that? Oh, man. And t- remember that feeling? I remember just like just uh, taking the like two or three videos and renting it in that uh, plastic case and just throwing them on the counter and just hearing them. Cla- oh, man. That's bring- it's bringing back memories, I man. Know. So... Real quick, in a nutshell, the rise part of it, uh, as far as the family video, or as far as the small mom and pops own stuff. So, the distributors, uh, the, the the big uh, film companies, decided to go ahead and put stuff out on VHS and, and Betamax, but mostly VHS. Um, go ahead and decide to put the stuff out and sell them. They decided to sell them for about a hundred bucks, yeah, uh, pop, which we already talked over, and uh, figuring that if people are doing it, then they're getting at least. 12 or 13 tickets, quote unquote, um, prices of value. I saw over 100 bucks, so this way they can justify it. Some really smart people 
decided, you know what, I'll go ahead and I'll buy these. I'll just run them to people. Yeah. All right. Uh, not everybody wants to spend a hundred bucks to watch, you know, a latest episode, the latest Terminator or whatever. They didn't want to spend a hundred bucks, uh, but they'd be willing to spend a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever it may have been at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people decided to go ahead and do it. Uh, the the filmmakers decided to go ahead and take these people all the way to Supreme Court, saying they're basically copyright infringing by making money off of their work. Supreme Court said, "No, you guys sold it. But it's the right of first sale. Right. They still ha- have it." So they can do what the fuck they want to do with it. And then the All video right. rental store became Took a off. phenomenon. And it went everywhere to the point where they had a lot more lenience on what they can have. Like we're talking about porn and, you know, stuff like that. But then Blockbuster came in. And Blockbuster was sort of like a... Uh, Started up uh, in Texas yeah. and uh, by a uh, oil guy and uh, decided to go ahead and start their video thing. But he wanted to be different. He wanted to be more family friendly. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be cleaner. Yeah, and he wanted to have more copies. That was the biggest push that Blockbuster had compared to the other ones. They were spending more money to have more copies, so that this way you weren't showing up because most video stores, the most they usually had maybe two, three copies of right. a movie, and they rented out. Oh well, sucks to be you. And that's. Do you remember the Blockbuster? cases where they had when you read the back it actually said what was in the movie that was bad yes yes the yeah. little little uh almost like an mpaa rating yeah breakdown. It, in which they didn't have that the yeah. mpa rating was basically just r pg-13 uh pg you didn't have like the little the reason for it reason yeah. for it so blockbuster actually when you were in the movie which was actually kind of convenient for parents i'm sure for their kids they read the back it says contains sex contains nudity contains uh hard language so they did that and everything else but there was one thing that Blockbuster didn't do is they didn't have a lot of like really crazy movies like like Lloyd Kaufman trauma, trauma films, movies, yep. which uh, Lloyd Kaufman, if like I said, if anybody knows, I've talked about it is Trauma Studios. He's actually a big favorite of mine. Independent filmmaking at its best, uh, extremely racy, go, uh, gory. I mean, they're they're just out there. They're crazy films, and uh, his films completely get like. <laughs> uh, Oh, what's the word? Um, denied to be in the Blockbuster library. Yes, they were not. They, uh, even though they were radar, and then Blockbuster had radar films, they were hard R's. Oh, they yeah. were just they, about everything yeah. he releases now that it was of his films are all director's cuts, extended yes. cuts. And I love Lloyd Kaufman; he, he's fucking hilarious. And he even says to himself, "Fuck Blockbuster." Yes, I thought it was a. Re- it's actually a really what is it like a hundred one hundred and thirty seconds of Lloyd Kaufman or something like it's that. Like one hundred and thirty two seconds. It, it was some weird number. <laughs> I fucking I, I, dude, dude. When I saw that scene, as soon as he came up, I was like Lloyd Kaufman, and then I saw it. I was busting out laughing because he is a fucking jerk. He he's a dick. Especially when he's a director. If you see the documentaries on that guy, oh man. So I thought that was a kind of little small comedy bit that they put in there. Mm-hmm. But other good people that they had in this documentary was Kevin Smith, which love. You know he had a deep love yeah. for. I mean, his movie film. Clerks takes yep. place in a video store. Partially. One of the funniest scenes ever. I'm sorry, I have to bring this up because it's just funny when the woman's going in there and because this brings up the whole porn thing a woman's going there asking for some uh little happy tree i don't know some kid film and he's reading down a list of an order of films and there's nothing but like over 15 or 20 porn names just porn names like 
most craziest porn names. It, it was it was great, funny scene. You guys got to see just just a suggestion. You guys have to see Clerks if you ever have a chance. You'll see film. what we're talking about. A very classic film. Probably Kevin Smith's best film ever. He's down. No, I'm I'm not a big fan of his movies now, but his past stuff is great. Anyways, back to the movie. Uh, so the uh, blockbuster decides to do it. Another thing they have going for them is the uh, the creator of blockbuster was a big fan of computers and going ahead yes. and you know, having computer-controlled inventory, everything. Uh, most video stores were still in a freaking book. Yeah. And, you know, just everybody, you know, like making little marks and stuff like that. Blockbuster is like, nope, we're going to go ahead and, break, you know, drag the, this industry into the modern age. Yeah. Um, and they were very successful. So they took off, um, and then they start making a deal called RevShare with the distributors. Um, like we, we covered before, so they were 100 bucks for these mom-and-pop stores to go ahead and buy. Blockbuster said, hey, listen, we're starting to get you know big. Um, how about we share some of the revenue of your, of your films? Uh, you know, you sell us to them at a severely discounted rate, and then we give you a kickback of the, the revenue. And Which was, I think, was smart. It was. Yeah. And then they were able to say, and these mom-and-pop stores, they can't work that deal with you because they fin- don't have the financial ability to. We do. Um, and so that, well, what they were paying, what everybody else was paying a hundred bucks for, they're paying three or four bucks for. Right. Um, and so they were able to have 20 copies of a movie and then they just moved in like parasites into into town. No, I remember because video world and family video both <clears throat> turned into a blockbuster yep. and blockbuster would come in and say, listen, you know who we are? Either you join us. Or we're going to open up right next door. You're going to shut you down. Of course you're going to join. Do you wonder if there was any... I'm trying to remember in the documentary. Was there anybody that didn't join and try to see if they can make it? I'm sure there was. I'm sure there's... But there wasn't anybody in the documentary. But I'm I'm 100% agree that that there had to have been. But they didn't make it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just about every mom and pop video store out there turned into the uh, the blue and yellow. I mean, that's basically what happened. So, like I said, over here where we live... At one point... There was a new blockbuster opening somewhere in this world every 17 hours. Which is crazy because what was the grand number of how many there were in the world? Like 15,000 or something like that. I think it was more than that, actually. I thought it was, maybe, but I thought it was like 15,000. Yeah, and the funny thing about this documentary, this documentary talks about the ex- last one. Yeah. So it's it's exactly the rise. It's mainly fall. focused on the one that's in Bend, Oregon. Yes. They do talk about some of the other ones. In Alaska. Know, in Alaska. And when they started the filming, um, there was 12 blockbusters left when they started the, fl- the you film. You know, that's the, that's the thing I didn't do the research on the film, and I'm sure they brought it up. Uh, how was the process of filming this? Was it like a year or something like that? No, it was a few years. It was a few years. Yeah, okay. because uh, I think it, it started, I think they showed like in 2016, I want to say. Yeah. They showed uh, the interview with the, that blockbuster manager. Uh, you know, we we're one of the last, you know, 12 stores. Yeah. And, you know, we're hoping to hang on and stuff like that. And then, you know, they show a year later. All right, we're down to the, one of the last eight stores now. And, you know, they're, they're going there. We're just, you know, doing our fight. Yeah. A year later. Yeah, just us and the Alaska stores now. And it's like five of us. And uh, and then eventually down to just them. It's crazy, too. I mean, I, I just, it's so crazy because you used to see one everywhere. Everywhere you saw a blockbuster, yes. and then it just completely just dwindled away. Yeah. Now, do you want to get into the whole talk of what happened? Because I'm assume everybody knows, or am I jumping too ahead? No, we can't. Um, everybody knows or thinks that blockbuster went down because of streaming media, because of Netflix, which is actually kind of a funny thing that they brought up in the show that Netflix, uh, offered, blockbuster, yeah. Uh, yeah, Netflix offered to sell the entire business 
to Blockbuster for 50, what 50 the million. fuck was Blockbuster thinking not taking that? I mean, I, I they thought that they Blockbuster was in a position where they thought they could do it themselves. Yeah. And honestly, they could have. Well, they they, they, they almost did start it because they did kind of start like a Blockbuster yes, streaming yes, service did. and everything else. So the guy in, the guy who started in Texas, he sold the business to the the, the founder of Waste Management. Uh, a garbage company. Right. Literally a garbage company. Uh, the, the ones that go around the hauling mafia, garbage. The mafia. The mafia. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy is the one who turns it, uh, made him into the juggernaut. They're the ones who went through and just dominating everybody. I just, just got to say, I'm, I'm enjoying this beer, actually. <laughs> then Viacom, uh, Viacom comes in and buys it off of him. They buy it off of him uh, in order to basically act like a money machine. Right. Because they want to eventually buy... Paramount, Viacom does. Uh, so they're using the the mass revenue that Blockbuster produces, the, the straight cash money, mm-hmm. to borrow against, so they can they can take a loan out to buy Paramount. So you're, they freaking put a massive amount of debt around Blockbuster's neck, figuring, hey, we'll, we'll be fine, no big deal. You know what's going to happen? You'll eventually pay it off, no big deal. It'll be all fine. it'll be good. Um, <clears throat> then. Blockbuster, you know, decides to compete with Netflix, sees what's going on. They do their own videos by mail. They do their own streaming service. They do their own kiosks to battle against Redbox. That's yeah. that's moving in also. Um, and Redbox, thought, Redbox is still alive today, isn't it? Yes, but it's not as big. I mean, no. I mean, it, it's I I don't think so. I don't have any data. In front I'm just of me. surprised that it's still yeah. there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's there. I mean, people. Because not every streaming service has every movie, and not everybody has every streaming service. Right, right. You know, some people only have Netflix, or only have Netflix and Disney Plus, or whatever. Yeah. And so there's still a lot of films out there that you don't necessarily have access to. Yeah. Especially the newer releases, then that's what's good about Redbox situation. Yeah. Um, so uh, they go ahead and do all this stuff and moving in. And I think they actually had a potentially a better model than... Uh, than Netflix did because not only did they offer everything that Netflix did, but they also still had the physical stores. Yeah. So you could go in, you could, with your membership, you know, return a movie, grab another one, you know, and be, you know, good. So yeah. you don't have to wait for the mail or wait for them to hit the streaming service. Yeah, but then they also have a thing like if you had a, um, they had something mailed to you, they mailed movies to you. Yes. And then you can take it back to that blockbuster exactly. store. You didn't have and, to and go and mail it Grab back. another one if you yeah, want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it had a lot of, a lot of, Built in, and they also had the name recognition, the right. trust, you know, of the people knowing it's Blockbuster versus this little startup they really don't know nothing about, Netflix. Yeah. Um, but then the economy busts. Two thousand eight. Uh, uh, the the bad housing debt calls in all the debt starts a massive, massive domino effect. Banks closing, major things shutting down. Mm-hmm. And all that debt that Netflix got strangled with because of Viacom, yep, they're done. Yeah, they can no longer afford to be operating. Netflix had the capital, and they did not have the debt. They had to file to Chapter Eleven, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy, man. It's just like you never thought that a big, you know, big business like that would go downhill like that. And see, everybody to this day thinks that the whole reason why Blockbuster went downhill is because Netflix took them out. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do it's with the recession. Of fucking Paramount. Exactly. Because of fucking Paramount. <laughs> fucking Paramount. 
But uh, yeah, that that was the that's that's the fall of Blockbuster, and then Netflix came in, and now look what Netflix is today. I mean, shit, Netflix is is just about everything. Um, I would would you ever love to see Blockbuster make a comeback though? I mean, I know it will never happen, but do you think that would ever? I don't. Yeah, the the nostalgic part of me would like to see something like that and be able to experience the joy of that physical holding that physical media in my hands again. Yeah, the walking around the the town hall type feel being inside a video store can kind of give you and that's, talking to people. That's the one thing I miss. I, I know this is not, it's actually not going back to Blockbuster because Blockbuster didn't really. They don't. They didn't have the art on the back. They usually just had mm-hmm. the uh, the description in blockbuster lettering and stuff like that. But I remember just going into the video worlds and the uh, video rental stores and just looking at all the box cover art. That was my favorite part. I would just spend like over like twenty thirty minutes just going through every single horror movie. And now I'm I'm a big horror fan now, yes. and I see all these movies. I own a a company called Shout Factory that actually does the has the old video art and recreates new art and i own those physical copies even though i love digital i love those because it has that original art yes of the movies that i used to see and i was like oh man i remember that just being on the shelf right there and looking at the back and being, it never be and i was so young i never saw that movie like the friday the 13th movies it just showed all these you know the, the scenes from the movie and it was just it made me excited because i'm gonna see these someday and you know i miss that i'm and the the date night, so everybody can do you know Netflix and chill or yeah. whatever now, it's like that. But then they they talk about this in the the film. It doesn't. It's not the same as going out somewhere, going up and down the aisles, mm-hmm. and looking at the different movies, talking with your date about what film you know you want to watch that night and stuff like that. And they do a little reenactment inside the documentary about yes. that too. And going back and forth, and you know you got to give in a little bit to what. What your partner wants to see, and you know, hopefully that she'll give in a little bit to yours, the horror, the uh, film. and then stop and pick up some takeout, and you know, go back to that, uh, you know, your place or her place, and with a little alcohol, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to light leads to a nice spicy night. Yes, <laughs> and it was just such a wonderful feeling it, it was a date date literally just walking through the video store yeah all right and just walking around um that was really cheap but also it made you it learn a lot about a person yeah it did um and i really miss that experience i do yeah no i do too i remember i had a um, girlfriend at the time that we used to go walk into the store and uh <sighs> just try and pick a movie out to go take home and uh, watch that night. It's just, it, those are, those are memories right there. I know the video store that I went to most often had a little, it was in a strip mall, of course, like they all were. Um, and then right next to it was a Chinese place. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So you would go put your order in for the Chinese, then go walk the next movie. door, pick out a movie. By the time you get everything picked out, your food's ready. Go pick that up, hop back in the car and drive right back to the house. Oh, that's awesome. It was, it was perfect. I got a question for you. It's actually a pretty decent question. If you were to have it's, if there was a movie that you probably rented multiple times than ever, what would it be? I'm curious about that. Movie that you've probably rented at least two or three times. Have you have you ever had that happen? It's rare. It was probably one of the B horror movies. I would say uh, I would spend a lot of my time. Just going up and down the horror section yeah. of my local video store and 
grabbing as many uh, horror films as I can, watching them. Then when I turn them back in, do the, grab a handful more, grab a handful more, grab a handful more, over and over again. Uh, I'm, that's what helped foster my my love of B horror films. Right, is the access that I had there. Yeah, um, and it just made me really appreciate stuff. So I'm sure there was some of those, but it's not, no one particular movie is jumping out at me that I rented this all the time. You see, I have one movie that I used to watch. It's actually one that's going to be in our, uh, future. I hate to say it. If, if I, if it was a movie that I liked that much, I would make a bootleg copy. <laughs> keep it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's the one movie that I saw many times. I've had my mom rent it over and over again. Because, me and my brother both, uh, was, uh, the movie explorers, which actually is going to be in one of our future, um, Barrel Age Flicks episodes because it's just one of my childhood favorites. But uh, I remember asking, my mom, oh, rent that movie, rent that movie. So I think that movie's been rented like three or four times just from me alone, seriously. And uh, I remember also a couple horror movies that I used to rent and like the Friday the 13th movies. I remember renting the uncut version of Jason Goes to Hell because it was on the VHS uncut. I remember that. Um, God, I... You do miss that. You do miss yeah. walking in the store. And they have a lot of the celebrities and people that they um, interview on the uh, show and how they miss that feeling, the opening of the uh, case of the video and walking through the store and just being able to walk and look at all the video art. It, 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 is, it is a missed thing. And yes. I think some people nowadays are going to try and recreate it. Just like vinyls coming back, VHS is some way coming back in some sort of form because there's some movies that you can buy now where they will release a VHS copy, VHS copy of it. Yeah, I know. Vinyl came back because vinyl had a different quality yeah. of sound to it, uh, different warmth than digital media. Right. Um, so it actually has a benefit to come back. You don't think there's a benefit with VHS? It's 100% nostalgia. Yeah. The quality is only but so good. No, it's horrible. All right. Especially when, especially <laughs> I mean, when you're messing with the tracking Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a, a, a medium that has any real benefit except for the nostalgia. Yeah. Like I said, you can make the argument for vinyl that, that why it can make a, uh, a resurgence because of the, uh, the the sound quality difference. Yeah. Um, you can't make that an argument with VHS. I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind. I'm. I, Are you going to go out and buy a fucking VHS player? I already have one. You're a fucking weirdo. I, I, you're fuck, a dude. fucking weirdo. I still have a VHS player since I'm in crawl space, and I've been wanting to get crawl it back. In your crawl space. All right, I've been wanting to get back out. In your crawl space. Okay, it doesn't count. But I still have one. <laughs> okay, so now there's just one blockbuster left in the entire world. Um, it's the one in Bend, Oregon. Um Kind of small town. Yep, and it from everything I see, uh, and I've been through Bend before. Really? Yeah. Um, traveled a lot uh, with my father growing up, um, and it was it's a big small town. Let's say. Yeah. Um, so they had this one last store. Uh, the managed by a woman called Sandy Harding, yes. and her whole family was a part of it. Her uh, her daughter, her um, daughters, her uh, sons. Uh, a huge amount of the the teenagers growing up in band worked there at one point or another, and they've grown up and had kids of their own. And they even called her mother, basically. Yeah. It, it, she she felt like anybody who worked in that store is family. Yes. So it was and like even a the regular customers. Family. They have that one yeah. uh, person they keep interviewing who is a local and regularly goes there. You talking about the uh, the big guy with the beard? Yes. And I remember they did a little react. That part was a little annoying, but the whole thing when he's going in there and yeah, yes. Um. So. 
uh, earlier we talked about how there it was just the Alaska stores and them left. Well, when it was just Alaska stores, John Oliver, um, the uh, talk show host, uh, Late Night with John Oliver. Yeah. Um, news story came about how some of the Alaska stores were shutting down um, and decided to be a nice guy and for comedy purposes, send them a bunch of Hollywood memorabilia from a auction that Russell Crowe was having. Uh, and well, wasn't it like a jock strap from Gladiator? Yeah. No, it wasn't it from Gladiator. It was from Cinderella Man. From Cinderella. Yeah, they sent him some stuff from Gladiator also, but the jock strap was from Cinderella Man. Yeah, and there was the also box. there was also the uh, thing in Les Miserables, I believe. The, yep, uh, they had some uh, Les Mis uniform. Um, so he sold a bunch of his collection, and they decided to uh, John Oliver decided to go ahead and buy this stuff, some of this stuff, and send it to one of, one of the last blockbusters at the time uh, yeah. up in Alaska. Yeah, so, you know, props for them to hopefully draw some people in. Just nice little comedy thing. Um, the last course end up shutting down. Uh, then they go ahead and ship some of the stuff to Bend, Oregon. Um, Basically, but in their own, like, in a glass case, it's kind of like yeah. almost like a museum type of quality stuff because it's stuff from Russell Crowe that he wore. So And so they decided to go ahead and do this. And now you got one last blockbuster. Basically, so that's effectively the last video rental store in the world. <laughs> and this woman's got a really interesting job because she actually, she doesn't get movies from a provider or a uh, She does say vendor. she gets some from a vendor, but, you but see whatever her, she doesn't get, she you see her going to Walmart, you see her going to Target. And to, buy like 10 or 15 copies of that yeah. one movie and everything else and put it in. And just to make sure they have stuff. And it's very home type service because you show up there that they if there's a movie you want to see that they don't have she'll go out of her way to go and buy this movie so that so they that's, will have that's, it that's an awesome lady right there yeah and and i noticed on one of the signs on the outside of the the building said they had over 10,000 movies yeah. uh, you know i'm like that makes sense for how long they've been operating oh yeah and it, it makes sense for them to do that cuz she she's that type of person who goes out and picks up stuff and it has this huge selection for you hey question uh, this is off the subject, but about the movies. You know that when uh, a, a Video World or Blockbuster or anything like that, they are done with that movie, they would it would be like multiple, like 20 or 15 copies, yes. and then all of a sudden they have to put it down to maybe one or two copies, where they would have a bin where they would sell yes. those copies at discount, or like two ninety nine or five ninety nine. A lot of films oh, that way. No, dude, a I, I did the exact same way. thing. I remember I used to go into Blockbuster just to do that, just to, ooh, let's see what films are available, and just get them for the cheapest amount of price yes and some of them are now out of print there's some that are out of print that are actually worth money i mean yep. seriously some that's the thing about blu-rays and dvds even vhs there's vhs movies that have never been released on blu-ray or dvd that is worth a lot of money to this day because it's never been put on um media yep. other than that vhs so people would pay top dollar to get that i mean it that's for video games too yes i mean i i just read something off subject where they just sold a Super Mario Brothers game in the original cartridge uh, case unopened for like $100,000. And that was because it was also one of the first run prints. Yeah. Um, I know which one you're talking about. And, yeah. And uh, so it wasn't just that it's Super Mario and it unopened. It's it's one of the first printings of Super Mario and a small amount of printings. And it's just a, a rarity. Yeah. It's a limited And people uh, will pay top dollar. People who have the money will do it, but... It, 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 back to you know the whole thing is just that people will spend the money for something that's not available on another di- you know digital another media. format yeah. yeah so all right back to what you're saying sorry bud um so you got this one store left and they one of the potential dramatic parts of it is 
during a lot of the filming, they're on their last year of their license agreement. Dish Network is the one who owns Blockbuster's trademark now. Um, and they were in the last year of their contract. And they were worried that Dish Network wouldn't allow them to go ahead and renew it. Um, just which I could understand if, you know, why Dish Network may not. But, uh, but also understand, you could hear the argument of why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. It's just free money. They ain't doing nothing else with it. I mean, it doesn't, you don't see a lot of blockbuster merch uh, rolling around being printed nowadays. Which is shocking because I'm sure they're just like in the bottom list. I wonder if we're going to renew this contract through yep. blockbuster. But at that time, Sandy Harding is all the news stations and media started getting, she was getting attention from that to the point. I think she said she was getting interviews almost three, four times a week from newspapers. Multiple times a day. Yeah. And basically it kind of helped her. And to the point where everybody knew, wow, that's the last blockbuster where people were willing to travel. I would have to say the only reason that they are particularly still around is because they happen to last longer than the other ones. Yeah. And the, the push of the, the rarity that they are now. It's, Would you make that trip to go see that last blockbuster? Do you not remember me sending you a text right after I sent in the group text to all of us? I think we need to make a trip to Bend, Oregon. <laughs> Just, That's another one of our uh, our uh, list of places to go to for this podcast. And they show in the uh, film that it's become basically a mecca for people yeah. to visit because it's, it's a time machine. It's something you can't experience Anywhere else now, and you see a lot of uh, celebrities and people getting in there, uh, just just walking through there. Man, I miss this. And then you think to yourself, I remember walking through that. I remember walking through the you know the blue carpet and the yellow lettering all over the walls or the yellow walls yes. and everything else. And, and they talk about in the film the the smell that the video stores yep. had. They had the and popcorn. I was like, that's that's right. And i I didn't realize how much I missed that experience yeah. until I was being shown that experience again. I'm like, God, this is something I, I want to be able to, I, I will never be able to take my kids and get them to understand what this meant and what a, a thrill it was for our parents to say, yeah, let's go ahead and go to the video store and pick something up. Right. Uh, it was just such a treat. And I won't be able to ever do that with my children. Yeah. Um, and so they, and now they would look at me like I'm freaking stupid. Why are we leaving the house to go movie? We, we got stuff on TV. Right. What? what? <laughs> See, because they don't know what we went through when we had to walk exactly. through the movies. In order to rent a movie, we had to go to the store in person and see what there was. There was no scrolling through a TV and looking for a movie to watch. You went to a store to rent the movie. Yes. That there was, there. you know, at that time, you'd be like, right now... See, it, it's it's nostalgic. It's yes. it's the people that are in our age, the mid thirties to forties. That's that's what it is. So it's, it just hits you right in the heart. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So it, it is sad. It is sad that Blockbuster's gone. But this one last one's here, and in this documentary, there's scenes where she's waiting for that phone call for that renew, yes. and then it gets to this little dramatic scene where she gets the phone call and she walks away from the camera and. You're thinking, oh man, they're gonna can't. It, it's gonna be. It's the end. It's the yes. end. And then they renewed them. Yes. They renewed them for what was it, another year? Or? Uh, they don't say how much they renewed them. They said they go ahead and let us uh, renew the contract. So I don't know if they re- only did a one year yeah. or if they did a multi year with renewals every year uh, situation like her contract was before. Yeah. She was uh, saying, you know, we're at the end of our contract because right. they were letting them renew the, 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 the license and lease every year and up to a certain amount of time and. She said they got a new contract, so I don't know if that implied just for that year or 
several years. Because she was also saying how, I guess, uh, sooner or later when I get that call, I know when I'm going to be retiring, but yeah. she, she's not. She, and she she's, plans on going down with the ship and yep. working there until it's no longer I, I have to have, I, I have to give it to her. She's she's amazing. She's, yeah. she's a pretty cool chick. She's and considering, too, if you think about it, she said she's uh, been there for 14 years. Yeah. So she started that job when it was already heading out the door. Right. When it was already, the writing was on the wall. the fact that she's still there, and it's still there, and now it is flourishing. I mean, I'm sure she's getting, people are getting so many selfies of that place. So I, one of the beers I was trying to do, I found out that they did release a small batch of um, microbrew, Blockbuster, you know, beer. Why didn't uh, you find that one? Because it was it was released in 2018. Right? Oh man, that, that would have been perfect for this show. That would have been fucking perfect. I'm sure some could be out there, but I ain't paying whatever the eBay price is oh, right, I, I, on I the tail end of this. I don't blame you. I'm not. I'm not doing that crap. Um, and, but also, I did look up though. They are still operational to this day. Um, so even they made it past the filming and everything like that. And one thing that they did during this whole covid thing yeah um they'd call people would call the store say hey i want to rent this people you know they basically pick it up at the curb um and so that's always nice but also during this whole covid thing they went ahead and turned themselves into a b uh to a, a bed and breakfast if they put themselves on airbnb um for just the locals they were only ones who were allowed to do it for a three-day stint for four ninety nine, they put a little couch in there, TV. That you, uh, what? That once, yep. That once the store closed, then these people would come in. You could stay the night inside the store and or, watch a movie and, and watch whatever movies you wanted. Uh, you had the full. Uh, so you basically you're just like sitting on the couch, like mm, I wonder what movie I want to watch. Yes, just, you got the whole world at your fingertips. Exactly. That is actually and for for literally one dollar more than what it costs to rent a movie. They were uh, allowing the locals to go ahead and do that. You, you know how cool it would be just to bring our podcast equipment and just take it over there yes. and rent that, and all four of us sitting on the couch. Well, well we wouldn't be allowed to because we're not one of the locals. They, oh, she did man. that. She did that just to thank the locals yeah. for for continuing to come to the store to give them an experience that nobody else could have. They, she went ahead and did that for the locals. And I was like, that is a wonderful way to say thank you to your community. We need to go over there to, uh, we need to go to that blockbuster. I think what we're going to do, we're going to do something similar. We're going to go ahead and open up the, where we record and let, you know, our listeners go ahead and rent out the, rent out your, your area. (laughs) (laughs) That sound good. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that, that, uh, I gotta admit that I thought that was, Oh, 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 wonderful way and that just shows you because of how much she cares and treats her people is why they got to be the last yeah that right there and that the thing is i don't, service that you I don't, don't think get. It's gonna, i don't think it's gonna go downhill i mean it i guess really all it depends will. on dish network you think it's gonna happen i think it's gonna it'll be good for the next couple of years this is my prediction it'll be good for the next couple of years ride the wave of this ride the wave of nostalgia yeah then people are going to start, or they're not. They're going to stop going there. Um, right so you now. think it's going to be more like a fad? It's going to be. It's going to exactly. Yeah, no, I can understand. And that. it's going to go away. And so I'm. I already plan on every few months just doing a little search on my phone and see, see if it's open. there. See if it's open. All right, and just waiting, waiting to see. I can see the trend line of where it's going to go. Because financially, it can't make sense in the long in the long run to keep this place open. Just financially. So big suggestion, you guys. Watch this documentary. It's well worth it. Trust me. It's, it, it will not bore you. It, it's very good. It, it's if if you have that 
built in nostalgia. Yeah. If you have those memories and those it, wonderful it, feelings tied to you, you know, that experience, then it is a watch. I've, I've suggested it to multiple people I know, and they all say, the no, same you, thing. you suggested it to me and I watched it and I was very impressed with it. I was yes. actually very happy with it. I've seen it for, I've seen it for a while. And thinking, I gotta watch that because I I know there's somebody else I watch called Angry Video Game Nerd. I'm yes. sure you know about him, um, and he even does a little thing about it. And I'm like, God, the last blockbuster. So I, I I wanted to check it out. So I'm glad we did it on this podcast. It worked out pretty good. And overall, guys, yeah, if you have Netflix, it's on there. It's free. Uh, if you own Netflix, and uh, give it a watch. It's it's well worth the definitely well worth the watch. Definitely. Um, are right, you got anything else you want to say, buddy? Nah, man, that 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 that's about it, man. A nice short, sweet episode about an, a a simple subject that just more of a walk down memory lane for us. I enjoyed this. No, I did too, man. I'm yeah. I'm I'm I, I'm wanting to make that trip out to to Oregon seriously sometime. But it has to be for a different. We we, we have to do other stuff. We have to do like a a, a multi stop trip. Oh yeah, of course. I, I can't justify to my <laughs> wife. All right, we're gonna spend a few a few hundred bucks to go <laughs> see this video store where I'm not even gonna rent anything because just to get a picture and a yeah. selfie. I was there the lock block the last blockbuster. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not part of that generation where i make trips just for a picture no, right that's not me no uh it has to justify which there is stuff to do from you know in bend and around bend and oregon's a beautiful state yeah um so but yeah, yeah we have we'd have to have other reasons to go out there <laughs> all right guys well thanks for uh, thank you for enjoying our small batch episode and uh, i'm sure we'll see you guys in the future we have many more planned and uh barrel age flicks episodes coming to your way so see you guys later See ya. Hey guys, thanks for listening to our podcast, Barrel Age Flicks. We are so excited for the upcoming episodes headed your way and bonus episodes of The Small Batch. If you love our show, please spread the word. You can give us a follow on Instagram. Our username is Barrel Flicks. We're also on Facebook as Barrel Aged Flicks. Send a like our way. If you have any questions or movie requests, you can send us a message or an email at barrelagedflicks.com at gmail.com credit to white bat audio is located on youtube for our background music thank you guys so much it's a big help you can also find our podcast on the following platforms apple podcast google podcast anchor spotify radio public audible pocket cast and we're also on youtube we hope to see you guys next week thanks so much for listening